On this episode of the Peter Panda Podcast, I have the absolute pleasure of catching up with my dear friend and badass hunter, Becca Harris. Now, if you don't know Becca already, let me stop you right here and redirect you to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Peter Panda Podcast for a formal introduction. I promise you'll fall in love with this young lady as quickly as we all did. Fortune favors the best of us, and Becca recently had the extremely limited opportunity to hunt an Alaskan bison. That's right, there are buffalo in Alaska, and drawing a permit is basically like winning the lottery. So listen up. We're about to snowmobile deep into the Alaska range and hunt North America's largest mammal with one of the all-around greatest humans I know, Miss Becca Harris. Becca Harris. Pete. Pete. (laughs) Stick with the four letters. Brandon tried to nail me down in the beginning of his podcast. I said, the questions go one way, brother. (laughs) Start your own show, buddy. He could probably have a good one. Well, welcome back. We are sitting here in, we're in Birchwood right now. We sure are. Which is just north of Eagle River, Alaska, which is your home. Yep. And if you're not familiar with Becca, she was on season one of the podcast and we had just the best conversation about how you got into hunting, how you met your husband and he uh, significantly influenced you into a, a lifestyle of hunting and how the two of you ultimately moved from Michigan to Alaska Yep. as a young married couple. You're supposed to be here for uh, a year or something, and yep. now how long has it been? It's been a little over five years. Good Lord. And we bought a house and a boat, and we're, we're in it. I knew about the boat. I didn't know you all bought a house. We did. Well, wow, congratulations. Thank you. Still in Eagle River. Still in Eagle River. How's work? It's great. I just started a brand new job. You did. Tell me about it. Uh, three weeks ago, uh, so I'm fresh at it, but I was before working at the clinic for kids who have autism. Right. I'm doing the same thing now, just working for a nonprofit, doing consultation to kids across the state of Alaska hmm. um, in like at-risk programs. Are you so, traveling around the state a lot? Uh I will be traveling ballpark once a quarter, but actually tomorrow I'm leaving for my first rural site visit going to Stebbins, Alaska. Where is Stebbins? So I'll fly to Nome and then Stebbins Which is, is the western coast of Alaska. Yep. And then Stebbins is like a puddle jump south, uh, south of Nome. Wow. And you will be uh, consulting or visiting with some kids down there? Yep. Wow. Good for you. You are an absolute angel. Uh, are you excited about the new job? Is a good change for you? I am. It's been really good. It was kind of unexpected. I didn't apply or anything. They came and found me, and we're looking for somebody. Boss lady. <laughs> when they come hunt you down, you know you're good at what you're doing. Well, and, you know, I got to be careful who I share this with, but it's also potentially a good opportunity to make some good connections for some hunting and some fishing. Pi- you're going to meet some pilots some, going uh, <laughs> to these places. You're going to make some friends. Some good some remote areas with some hookups. Yeah, that's awesome. So, but yes, yeah, so I'm very excited for lots of reasons. Well, congrats on the job. Congrats on the house and congrats on the bison. Thank you. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, you just recently harvested an Alaskan bison. Is that yes. Correct? Yep. In March. And Tell me about that permit and where, where was it for? Yeah. So uh, I don't know how much. Let's back up from that. Yeah. Most people wouldn't even believe that there are buffalo in Alaska. Isn't that crazy? So 
do you know much of the history of it? Are they native? Uh, were they reintroduced, reintroduced? What's the history of the herd? Yeah, there are some. I'm not an expert. Okay. Uh, there are some bison that were native to the area, um, but a lot of the herds that are now being hunted have been reintroduced. Are they wood bison? Uh, plains. They are plains yep. bison. So plains bison. There is a herd of wood bison that are being reintroduced right now, yeah, but you can't hunt one. them. I see. Um, so what we were hunting were plains bison. Um, and there's a few different herds. There's kind of within the draw system, there's three different bison like areas Zones, huh? uh, that you can draw a tag for. And uh, so there's three different districts. Alaska does not have preference or bonus points. So you applied randomly yep. as would lottery. anyone. Uh, what were the draw odds on you getting this tag? Far less than 1%. Is that right? Yep. That far. Yep. Hey, <laughs> hey. somebody's got to draw it. You man. know, and that's how, that's the, that's kind of what's funny about it. So my husband Brody had been putting in uh, since we moved here uh -huh. and I had never put in for bison. Yeah. Uh, and th that that year that I drew, we were putting in our tags and I was putting in kind of the routine ones that I've been doing some moose tags. And uh, I said to him, you know, I said, I feel like I could shoot a bison if it came down to it. I said, why don't I put in two? What do you so mean you feel like you could in self-defense? Like it, you're like, this is maybe interest I, me. I think <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you, you know, have this mental battle with yourself. Like, you know what? You woke up one day and be like, I can do it. Well, I, I could kill a buffalo. <laughs> I think there's some of that that comes down to it. Some of it, you know, we talked about this a little bit in our last podcast. I'm so new to so many of these endeavors yeah, that I'm still I trying to figure out, like, where is it, like, too much for me and where can I do it? And so much of it is mental, but I'm still at the, like, I won't put in for a sheep tag. But but after I drew this bison tag, Brody says I got to start. Boy, um, you absolutely should. We're not, I, we're not getting any younger. I know, I know. <laughs> Swing for the fences, man. I know it. But so he had been putting in and I said, well, you know what? Someone's got to win. So right. I'll put in two. And uh, so there's like a waiting period from when you enter until you the draw results are released. And typically they come out, you know, same day around in, uh, like 9 a.m. So okay. I was at work. Brody was at work. And I was in between tasks. And I thought, ooh, draw odds should be out. Mm -hmm. So the way that draw odds work in Alaska is there's like a, a public website. And you can type in anybody's first and last name. You don't need to know any of their information, their birthday, nothing. You type in their name and it will pop up what they entered for and whether or not they were successful. That seems... Uh Re reveal and it seems like there's like a, a lack of privacy there to some extent totally yeah and in you montana can, you gotta have somebody's name and birthday yeah but and you could look it up anybody's up to anybody up and there's actually people who uh i know personally who utilize that as a strategy for the following year uh to look up like the names of guides or stuff like that oh, to say like, oh this dude's like, a killer. where's Let's, pete putting in yeah. or oh you know i saw oh, on his instagram last, don't know my last name <laughs> 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 but yeah saying like oh where'd he put in right, oh so i shot on his instagram he shot a huge moose i want to know where he drew that tag at so these these results come out y'all are at work and what happened that day yep so i'm at work and uh i look on and i search brody first and it's like no 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 but that's to be expected of course so then i type in my name and it comes up and it's like no no yes no so all that I saw was the yes. You didn't know what it was for. I didn't know what it was for. That happened to me when <laughs> I drew my doll sheep tag. 
I got the no, 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 yes, no, 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 no. And, and I, like, called, I called Jeremy, and I was like, I got one. <laughs> that's exactly what and I did. he was like, which one? I was like, I don't know. It's like <laughs> DS something. Yes. He was like, that stands for doll sheep, you idiot. <laughs> uh, yes, that was literally me. What was your code? I got on the phone. BS, like. Uh, like no, mine also started with a D, which is interesting. Hmm. Uh, like D I something something. So I call Brody. I get on the phone and I was like, Brody, we won. And he's like, What, what do you mean we won? <laughs> and I was like, We won. I don't know. And he's like, We won what? I was like, The draw tags. And he's like, What'd you get? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, Well, look it up. So I was all flustered and you know googling what the code was and a yeah. picture of a bison pops up and I was like, It's a bison. And he oh was my like. Gosh no it's not like i'm at work quit messing with me and i was like no like i promise you those are the longest and odds you applied for of all the things you probably applied yep. for like that so i took a likely. picture and i sent it to him and he was like no freaking way wow uh so we then kind of started on like the researching process and this is for like a year out yep so you drew it in a, a late winter and it was for the following spring yep or the following winter yep so we had a, about a year uh, to kind of plan and learn. And when we put in for it, we weren't super knowledgeable of the logistics because you don't spend a ton of time putting in for a tag with such low odds. Yeah. Uh, but once we did, we started talking to people and uh, learned most people uh, ride their snow machines into where the bison are. From starting from where? So people leave from there. You kind of have like two the options. Big lake. Uh, so we left from Deshko Landing, which is right in the Big Lake area. Uh-huh. Uh, you can, like, we talked to one guy who did this hunt, and he flew to McGrath, and then from McGrath, you can rent sleds, hmm. uh, and you can ride in from that direction. So people do it different ways, but most people who do it in the winter uh, are riding their snow machines in. What were the season dates? Uh, March 1 to 31. Okay, so it's a March hunt. Yep. Pretty darn wintry out there. Pretty darn wintry. When is the Iditarod? So the Iditarod, I don't know the exact dates, but goes like the second week of March. So right in the middle of it. Yeah. So we, and prior to the Iditarod is an event called the Iron Dog. Yeah. And it's like a snow machine race that follows along a lot of the Iditarod Trail. The more I hear about the Iron Dog, the more like hardcore, it sounds like a super badass hardcore enduro oh. snowmobile i didn't realize like, they're the craziest people yeah well not the craziest i would say they're now the second craziest and who's the first because while we were on our bison hunt and we could you know get into this and we talk about the experience but we learned about an event called i did a sport i did a i did sport. a sport in high school <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so tell me what's that i did a sport they literally do like the trail of uh, like the Iditarod, mm-hmm. but they walk. Oh gosh! They walk summertime. Deshka landing to no, no in March. Yeah, yeah. So some snowshoes or uh, yeah. So oh. it's all like human powered. So there's there's people who do like fat tire bikes. There's people who walk. Um, there were some people who were cross country skiing. Um, but they go and there's like two classes of it. So there's a group that ends at McGrath. Uh, but then there's a class that goes all the way to Nome. Uh, Which so is they, a thousand miles. Yes, they are the like first craziest. There's no way. That's got to take them three times as long as those dogs. Oh, I don't even know how long it takes, but we met these people, and they are a 
they might be like they're not just a different breed they might be like the interbred yeah <laughs> something's wrong yes they might need they might need some psychological help from you they needs a lot more than i know how to offer so that's going on during march that did rod's going on it's kind of a busy time in the alaska range yeah so we we intentionally went uh toward the very beginning of march a to give ourselves the most amount of time but also it's in between those two events okay so the trail in theory is in the best condition because it's being groomed right mm. ahead of the dogs uh and all of the snow machines have already gone through so you were going to go like march 1st yeah, we were going to go opener. March 1st. I think we ended up leaving like March 3 just because of work schedules and some of that. And how long on March 3rd, what kind of weather you got? How long is the daylight at March time around there? Yeah, I don't, I don't know like exact day. hours. The days feel long because really? they've grown since December. Uh, so we've been gaining daylight since December 12th. Is that how that works? Uh, or <laughs> December 21. Yeah. So there's Space. like the winter solstice and the summer solstice. So since the winter solstice, we've gained daylight every day. I'm, yeah, um, I'm, I'm so not, I understand that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you never know. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe somebody doesn't. But uh, sometimes in, I mean, the winter around here gets dark, dark. So I imagine March could have still been. Yeah, I would like say, and I'm ballparking here, it probably got light around nine in the morning, nine or nine 30, maybe nine was like dusky. Yeah. Uh, and then the sun was setting somewhere between eight and nine o'clock. A couple questions before we go any further. How many tags are in the unit? There's three bison buffalo units. Mm -hmm. How many tags are in your unit? So in my unit, 10. 10. Yep. Were you in communication with any of the other hunters? Uh, n not prior to the trip. We did you run meet into uh, one other group while we were hunting. Were they cool? They were the most motley characters on planet Earth, but they were That's cool. That's a great adjective. <laughs> that could it was go a, a couple different group. ways. And, and part of what made them so motley is uh, they did not all know each other prior to the hunt. Ah. Uh, so it was kind of like one guy, his name was Skeeter. <laughs> he <laughs> he was the fellow tag holder. <laughs> and uh so Skeeter, fellow tag holder, uh he did not know a lot about hunting. He was kinda like me in the sense Where of Where's Skeeter from? Uh Skeeter's from like the Kenai Soldatna area. How old is he? Ooh, I'm gonna guess Skeeter was in his fifties. And he rounded up a gang of anybody that would go hunting with him. So he, so he also like myself was at work when he drew the tag, and there's a guy that he works with named Kevin, and Kevin typical, uh, typical. Kevin uh, was not there to hunt. Kevin was there because he is a big fan of Rocky Mountain oysters. And to that get the treasure of bison out. nuts was his his life life dream. So when that Skeeter, is an interesting dream. Oh, it sure Skeeter is. Skeeter and Kevin out there to get the buffalo and his testicles. Oh yes, and let me tell you, I have never seen such pure joy on anyone's face, except Kevin when he. So Kevin was actually present when I was able to cool. uh, approach you my all bison. Kind of ganged up a little bit. Oh, uh, we did a little bit. We're gonna back up, for, but continue about okay. Kevin and Skeeter. Yeah, and we walked up to the bison, and uh, Kevin had not been participating on any level um, up to the point that we got the bison. Aside from, 
uh, he liked to kind of hang back from the group, and he hung back from the group on his snow machine because he took frequent uh, drink breaks. Okay. And, uh, you know, we all have our, our choice of drink, and, and he... His was LaCroix. Something like that. <laughs> And uh, so he would stop, he'd unpack his stuff, he'd take a drink, and then he'd put it back, and then he would put it up, and he would shout profanities as loud as he could down the trail, because we didn't all wait for him. Uh, and then he'd kind of hobble. He also, through Kevin the whole Kevin sounds trip, like a liability. Oh, Kevin was beyond. He had hemorrhoids. Oh. He, <laughs> like, I'm telling you, Kevin is like, he did not belong out there. He was just But he was so nuts. motivated for the nuts. So he walked up to this, you know, bison that I had just shot. And, you know, we're all just oozing over just its size and, and yeah. just the beauty and, you know, like the afro on top. And he walked up and he looked me straight in the eye and he was like, can I please have the nuts? And I said, you can have them both. And I have, it was like a kid on Christmas. I've never seen anyone so excited. You made so, Kevin's year. Yep. So that was Kevin. And uh, so obviously Kevin wasn't much of a uh, hunting uh, expert. Skeeter had no experience. Uh, and could so snowmob- could they snowmobile? Were they uh, Skeeter was a past like retired iron dog comp- competitor. Okay. So he's been on. He's good. Yep. He's been on sleds his whole life. Uh, but that's where uh, Dave gets inserted into the Skeeter, story. Skeeter, Kevin, and Dave. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm surprised so, y'all made it out alive. Oh, I am too. <laughs> so Dave did not know either one of them, had never met either one of them. He met them like at the trailhead to begin the trip. But Dave worked with Skeeter's brother and has been on this hunt before. So he so was kind of Skeeter's brother expert. was kind of like, hey, we so got this rare tag. He, we have snow machines know how to ride, yeah. uh, but would you want to go out there and teach him how to like you know yeah. do everything you need to do with the bison? So that's where Dave came into play. So Dave was a little bit of the chaperone. He was definitely a chaperone. And uh, did you meet them out there? Did you hit up uh, meet up with them on the trail? We met them out there. We were so we can rewind and talk about you know the kind of the whole hunt. We're but going to, yeah. We were uh, skylined in our snowshoes. Mm. Uh, going after a bison when we saw them come up the river. Skyline, um, uh, you, you're new to hunting. That's something you should not do, Becca. Well. <laughs> are, there, are, the, are the buffalo spooky? Uh, we were told that they were not, but everybody lied. Because oh, you're on the skyline. was they were very spooky. <laughs> Listen, I got to the skyline by snowshoeing and crawling and laying and... We were skylined because we had spooked the bison. And if you've ever seen like a fat, stumpy, giant animal move through the snow, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a train. Like a lo- they got that rocker. Yes. And they run. They kind of got that rocker. And they're and they fast. Just plow through it. Yes, they sure plow. But that day, you didn't find a buffalo. You found Skeeter, Kevin, and Dave. Yeah. Well, we found a buffalo, but we were unsuccessful. Mm. Um, spooked it. Uh, never even got an attempt. All right, we got to back, uh, we gotta back okay. up a lot. And, but, but first, I'm going to tell you a Rocky Mountain oyster story. Okay, I can't wait. When I moved Have you to, eaten them? Let me tell you a story. <laughs> when I moved to Montana, I was 18 years old. First heard about this. Okay. I was like, that is twisted backwards. Why, why in the world would anyone... <laughs> like, it was very sideways to me. Yeah. And I was like, never will I ever. Never well, say never. Well, like seven years into it, I go to my... 
you know, seven years into living in Montana, I go to my first uh, branding. And we are tackling calves and branding calves and castrating calves in a pen uh, all afternoon long. These calves get castrated. Their little tiny testicles immediately left their body and went into a hot cast iron uh, on the side of the corral run by like an 85-year-old cowboy who sat there and just watched the whole thing go down. He cooked the oysters in just like a stick of butter on an open fire in a cast iron, just little peanut-sized calf nuts. <laughs> and he was like, it, this 85-year-old weathered Montana cowboy grabs one and goes to me. He's like, eat one. I was like, <clears throat> <laughs> you have to. I got to. So I did and? it. And It tasted like butter and salt, and I swallowed it down, and I hadn't done it since. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you've done more than me. I know. So I don't feel good about it now reliving that whole story. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it is a thing. I mean, people do it. It beef. is. It's called Rocky Mountain Oysters and Buffalo Mountain Oysters. I, I guess it's the cream of the crop. Well, he yeah, they're probably the size of coconuts. They were pretty large. Okay, enough about that. <laughs> you said you took off from Deshka Landing. How far did you have to snowmobile till you got to your hunting unit or started seeing buffalo? Yeah, so... From Deshka Landing to where we were told, like, it's kind of a good spot to start looking for them. I'm going to ballpark here and say was 150 to 200 miles. It was very far. Yeah. It was several days. Um, So on our way back, we made a lot faster. But prior to the trip, uh, Brody actually had, like, a nothing crazy but a little bit of a fluke accident with his back uh-oh and Fall uh, of the ladder no no you know just walking in the garage <laughs> you gotta come up with something <laughs> i just burned brody brody's too oh, cool for that he is too cool for he that he was fighting a bear off over the trash something last summer. like that <laughs> so uh we intentionally going into the trip chose to kind of break it up a little bit so since we were breaking it up a little bit and just wanting to part of like what was so attractive about this hunt wasn't just the bison. That's certainly such an incredible, but just it. the adventure of doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we stopped at two different lodges along the way on our way out. Y'all own your own snowmobiles? We do. Uh, we did uh, purchase a different snow machine uh, for this trip because we had one that was fan cooled and one that was liquid cooled. That's just lingo for saying how the machine and the engine cools itself. That's right. Uh, and, and the and liquid cooled ones overheat really easily when you're doing a lot of trail riding. Yep, exactly. And the tag area that we were in, there's a, a area called the Farewell Burn. Mm. Uh, and it's notorious for not getting much snow. Uh, that's not the experience that we had this year. We had record snow. Yeah. Um, but I, I know about that. I just got um, out of the record snow. Yeah. <laughs> but the farewell burn on a typical year can be dry for extended distances. And so one, a couple people we talked to that had attempted it with, uh, like with a liquid cool had told us just kind of horror stories about they took like a separate sled pulled behind with snow just to be able to stop oh stopping cool pulling off the trail shoveling underneath every couple cool, hundred yeah. yards if you're not familiar with um, snowmobiles that coolant 
uh, usually runs around the track by your feet. And a good way, if you're trail running with a liquid-cooled engine, is to pack snow and ice yep. onto the, the rails where your feet are. Yep. Try to get cool cooler coolant circulated yeah. through the engine. So yep. it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, so since fan we cool, had heard... Old-schooled fans... Fan-cooled engines are uh, lion, where hunter, it's at. lion hunter's dream and apparently a buffalo hunter's dream. Exactly. So uh, we already had one, so we did invest uh, in a second one f- specifically for this trip. Um, so uh, it it uh, has What some, kind of sleds were there? Uh, we both ride Polaris sleds. Uh, I was on a 550 Voyager. He was on a 550 LXT. Cool. Um, but, yeah, great reliable Are you sleds. pulling sleds behind you so we chose to pull just one mm. uh largely because when we talked to a few and we didn't talk to a lot probably three or four different people who had done this hunt successfully uh more than one person said they ran into hitch problems because the trail has lots of what they call like whoops mm. so if you think about like I can picture it. Like bumps. Yeah. Uh, like, can you, they call it, I don't know, yeah, like whoops, because like it's like you go and you're like, whoop, 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 whoop. Uh, so your sled kind of makes that noise and you kind of make that noise. Uh, and so because of that, it can be real a lot of hitch hard on that. So and I imagine if you put a thousand pounds of buffalo meat into it, even more likely to break totally fake those little pieces of metal yeah so we opted to we have a friend of ours uh who is a pilot so we opted to fly out most of our gear so that we only had to pull one sled oh cool so you um, had like a rendezvous yep and then uh, once we were successful with the bison we flew the meat out oh. so that we could just kind of have like that's the way to do lightweight it. survival gear pulling behind us so we had like our sleeping bags Kind of a bivy sack, some extra food, some fuel, but everything else we flew in. So headed out, you know, 150 miles on snowmobile from where you're starting. Did you do that in a day? Did you stop? Uh, we did stop on the way out. Uh, made a camp? Uh, we chose to stay at lodges oh, uh, wow. just for the experience. I know, really bougie. I just stayed at a lodge last night. It was amazing. They had a sauna. Oh, it was tough. I don't know that our lodges had saunas. If they did, I didn't know about them. So, um, snowmobiled for a day, stayed at a spot. Yep. Um, that probably puts up buffalo hunters this time of year. Yep. Lots of, uh, like, uh, I I did a rod support. We're coming through there. Uh, that lots of, uh, bison hunters were coming through. We didn't stay there at the same time as any bison hunters, but we had been told there was some beh- ahead of us, and then we know there were some behind yeah, us. Yeah, something tells me Skeeter and Kevin were sleeping in the snow. Oh, Skeeter and Kevin, listen, that first night that they got out there, they said they arrived to their camp at like 3 a.m. Mm. And uh, that, yeah, sleeping in the snow, that's that's very much so you make a how pit, they were. You make a pit stop. The next day, now you're getting into like March 4th or 5th or something. Yep. You make it out to this farewell burn. Yep. And uh, there was no burn. Uh, we had tons and tons of snow. And uh, so we followed. What do you mean there was no burn? Uh, I thought the burn. Well, it burned, didn't it burn? <laughs> <in the prayer? laughs> yeah. So the burn it wasn't was still snow, there. It but wasn't it was snow free as you expected. Exactly. Um, several feet of snow. Mm-hmm. So uh, insert the Jeep trail. What? Yes. So we followed the, uh, I did a rod trail all the way until we got uh, to what's called the Jeep Trail. The Jeep Trail is kind of like an offshoot that will get you to the Farewell Airstrip, which is where we had flown in our gear. Okay. 
Well, this year, since there was lots of snow and nobody else is out casually riding to the farewell airstrip, uh, we had the privilege of breaking, of trail. breaking in the Jeep trail. Oh, no. When I tell you, Pete, I went through the phases of grief on steroids. Oh, I I I was ready to just you know how be many, done. How many miles was this stretch of breaking trail on the Jeep? Not that far, but it felt like an eternity. Well, sure. Yeah. So you're getting sled so stuck. So I think the whole thing was maybe like six or eight miles. That's a bit. Um, Especially if you're breaking trail and you're getting stuck over yep, and over. Yep. So we go over and it was wind blown, super deep, no trail. Not one person had been through there, and from kind of the stretch of where we started. To where we ended, we ended up looking back, and together we got stuck 14 times. Oh, goodness. And when I say stuck, I don't mean like, oh, oh we tipped over. It's like I'm familiar. you're stomping, you're shoveling, you're <laughs> picking up your sled, you're moving it back to the trail. Well, the first, like, two or three times I got stuck, it was like, you know, you're feeling pretty sweet. It's like, I'm you're like, I'm, doing I'm out here I'm, now. I'm you know, earning this, is this. Totally. And it's like, I'm a bison hunter. <laughs> <laughs> But like the fourth or fifth Forged time. Forged by <laughs> yes. tough times. Yeah, and it's like, okay, like, you know, you trained for this, and we went riding, and I'd been working out all winter long to get ready for this trip, and it was like, okay, like, Doesn't you know, seem, you're feeling I mean, good. I guess snowmobiling is a little labor-intensive, but the snowshoeing and the butchering of a buffalo could be exhausting. Yeah, I think it's more just a mental thing. Good, good excuse <laughs> to hit the gym. Yeah. So by like the third or fourth time we got stuck, I was making plans in my head for all the things I was going to buy and the places I was going to go because we were going to sell our snow machines and I was never going to ride again. You were like, I'm about to helicopter out of here. I was looking everywhere around me, like, where can where can the pilot land? And I'm screw the bison. Mm-hmm. I, I'm out. Well, then you get it into went, like... It went from fun to not fun really, really yeah. quickly. So, and it just continued to escalate. So that was like stuck like four or five times. Then it's like you get stuck six, seven, eight, nine. 10, mm. 11 times. And then I went from, it's I'm not going to sell them. I said, you know what? I'm going to burn them. That's exactly what I said. I said, Brody, would we're wish gonna, this upon my worst We're going to burn these, and that's what's going to keep us warm tonight because we're sleeping right here, and the pilot's going to come, and they're going to yeah. pick us up, and I'm never doing this again. I like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this snowmobile in upon yes. the worst enemy. Yeah. Here. So that's where it's like, okay, now we've gotten, you know, seven eight nine ten times and that's when i was like reaching my breaking point. it's exhausting i think physically some of the, mentally I emotionally some, yes i think some of the most exhaust all you know all around exhausted i've ever been on the mountainside is getting sleds unstuck yes it's physically super exhausting yes but it is there's like a scary element of it too like i have to get this unstuck this is my ride home yeah so it's like a kind of a spooky survival element to it mentally exhausting uh anxiety of it getting snowmobiles stuck is the worst yes and we were out in the middle of nowhere we both had less than a quarter tank of gas left that's good uh it was by this point you know stuck like times 9 10 11 it was like dusk so kind of that like crappy like it's dark enough that it's hard to see but not dark enough that your headlights are working great for you that like in between light yep Tough to see. Can't read the snow in front of you. Yeah. And that's when Brody came over to my sled and he was like, well, babe, I think this is the first time we got ourselves in a situation that we just have to get there. 
We don't have any other choice. That's right. We can't get out. <laughs> Buck up, buttercup. And so that's when it was like that like deep drive of like, okay, like he needs me. You know, I'm always so dependent on him. And I was like, I got this. Like, I'm going to carry the team. <laughs> we have this We have this saying uh, when client, and like sheep hunting and clients try to get soft on you or something. Yeah. No one's coming to help. No. Like, no. Like, it's like we chew, die chew or on we it make for it. a minute, but yeah. n- no one's coming to help. No. Nope. At the end of this, at the end of your hissy fit, yep. it's still just us. Yep. So you're going to have to get yourself out of this. I'm going to have to get myself out of this. No one's coming to help. Yes. And even if somebody wanted so that to, was kind like of they em- empowering. Yeah. So that like gave me this like boost. So we kind of set a time because, uh, again, we had all of like survival stuff that we needed inside of, you know, the sled that we were pulling behind. Mm-hmm. So we we said, OK, by I think it was like 10 o'clock or something like that. If we aren't we'll to there, we'll pull off. I don't know why we need to pull off. Nobody else is coming. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll find a spot. We'll like bivy sack it and we'll wait till the sun comes up. We'll finish it out tomorrow, you know, feeling good. And o- often it can be easier snowmobiling when it, the snow sets up in the cold of night. Yep. And yep, exactly. It gets a little bit harder. And drive on when it's, when yep. it's colder. And just, you know, mentally and physically getting that rest. So uh, we kind of made that agreement. Well, it was like 10.01 or 10.02 when we hit the river. Uh, and so then it was easy riding to get this to the, the, the airstrip. Cusp-quim? This was, I think it's called Sheep All right, Creek. We don't have to spot burn. I don't really okay. care. But you hit, is that easier traveling out on the river? Yes, much easier. Yep. So, you, you, so we're now home you're free just cruising. Farewell. Yep. So made it there, got there. So now it's like after 10 o'clock, to it's your dark, supplies. it's cold, we're wet. Because you're not only just wet from sweat, but like you're stomping out and digging out and the snow is going in your boots. I'm very familiar. So we get to, you know, where we had flown our stuff in. And the thought of putting up a tent was like, uh, no. Like I don't have it in I'm not doing that. And I looked right across the airstrip and there was a cabin. Yep. And I said, Brody. You said, bet it's not locked. I said, uh, what's that over there? Because I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. So I go over there. I pull up with my sewing machine, plastered massive on the front of the doors, like not for public use. <laughs> it's survival. This cabin belongs to State Trooper Patrick. Call this number for mm. reporting violations. Oh, wow. But then there was like these really small letters at the bottom that says for emergency use only. You said we qualify. So I went back over and I was like, ah, like not for public use. Started digging out because there's all this snow. So you got to dig a spot to free. I bet I did four shovels and I thought I could totally make this an emergency. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm cold. My feet are wet. I've been riding all oh. day. I haven't eaten dinner. I'd have been it's a half already hour. I'd dark. already had a fire going in the <laughs> cabin. <laughs> yeah. So we go, long story short, into the cabin. Uh, we got over there. Everything was locked, uh, but we found the key, yeah, opened nice. it up. We Just looked hung, in. hung on a nail somewhere exactly. close by. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, went in, and we both were like, okay, you know what? Let's crash here tonight, and we'll get set up in the morning. So we do that. In the morning, I I woke up pretty early, and something in my gut, in my head, was like, 
I think it was just guilt of like I totally just squatted when there's a sign that says I'm not supposed to be there. You and I, you're too good. I so I you're was too like good a person. I was like I'm like this is terrible. And I you know said Brody we gotta we gotta get out. Like let's we need to. Before anybody comes along the trail today, yes. let's just move out of here. Totally. I was positive. Somebody was like watching me or oh my something. Gosh. I felt so You're bad. Conscious. So so he, you know, gets out and, and is getting everything all set up and we've got the tent going. We had cut down some wood, got the our stove because we had an Arctic oven tent with us. Oh cool. Um so we got, you know, the heat kind of going in there. And I'm taking while he's doing all this, I'm literally taking everything out, putting yeah. everything back exactly where it was. I'm sweeping the floor. Oh gosh. Uh and I kid you not, Pete, three minutes after I locked that door behind me, state trooper. Helicopter right over top. Or plane. Uh super cub. Comes over and comes and lands and I said, Brody that's the trooper. Yeah. Blue, blue cub. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, he saw us like he knows. And it's the middle of winter. And so it's like tracks everywhere. Exactly. Like my little boots go right up his foot onto. And I We're was We're looking like, for a size seven. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, okay, like there's no, like what do I do now? But I, I was like, oh my gosh. So anyway, on their porch, he had a like big, nice, like heavy duty winter snow shovel. Oh, uh, nice. Which is nice because we just had like the wide mouth yeah, like shovel, the crappy, yeah. you know, like snow machine shovels that we're, you know, doing all yeah, this. You got like the work. avalanche shovels. He's so got I was big like scoop shovels. thinking to myself, you know, we had to dig out all this spot for our tent. We had to do this up. Maybe all of our footprints are because we were borrowing his shovel. Oh, look at you sneaking. So he <laughs> oh, my. You are so he lands. You're digging yourself a hole that, I didn't, know. Need, that didn't need to be dug. <laughs> I know. So he lands, and he's a little bit back. So, you know, wanting to make a good first impression. We ride our snow machine over, go pick him up, take him over. Want to make it clear, you know. Hey, Mr. Trooper. We, uh, we definitely weren't in that cabin. I that know. <laughs> so he comes over to the spot, you know, and first – line of business wanted to check make sure we had hunting license and that my tag and make sure i understood it's a bull only area and do i feel comfortable telling the difference yep well let me so, ask you this was it his, was it this guy's cabin uh i i think it belongs to like the trooper but he he he's patrick whose name is on there like this, this is, is his, the, this is the dude this is the dude yeah oh man and so i'm like okay and it's that deciding moment of do you tell on yourself right then and hope that you know, the consequences are less? Or do you wait and see if he asks and find out? I can guess what you did. I think you're guessing wrong. Oh. <laughs> because I did not say anything. So he comes over and it was, so I'm showing my papers and my tag and I'm like, yep, yep. You're like, you I know, want a lawyer. Feeling really good. I want a lawyer. He's like, <laughs> well, what? <laughs> so I didn't say anything because in my mind, I didn't know. Like, you know, I, this was my first encounter with a trooper. So I'm like, you know, you hear all these horror stories about, you know, they can take everything that you brought with you. They can take your truck. They can take your boat. They can take. And I'm thinking to myself, like, it's he's going to take my snow machines and my bison tag. And this is like once in a oh lifetime. My goodness. So I was like, I can't tell him. And I don't know why, you know, I'm sure he knew. But anyway, so he checks all our stuff. He's walking around. He's like, yeah, it looks like you guys have a really great setup. And, you know, because Brody already yeah, had been the fire all going. All this stuff. So then he's like, yeah. He said, and I need to check on my cabin over here. And uh, so, like, my heart's, like, you know, you literally pounding white. so much. And I was like, oh, okay. So he's like, yeah, you want to come take a look at it? And I'm like, Already okay. Did. So I'm like walking behind him, like keeping my distance a little bit. 
as he like takes his first step up, I'm like, hey, uh, just so you know, we borrowed your snow shovel to, you know, scoop mm-hmm. out our stuff. I hope that's okay. And he's like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's good. And I was like, yeah, sorry. I hope you don't mind that we've been walking through your property quite a bit. And uh, so he opens up the door, he sticks his head to the side. He goes, yeah, looks just like the last time I was here. Mm-hmm. You want to want to take a look inside? And I just kind of stayed down in the yard and, you know, stuck my head. I was like, wow, it looks so nice. <laughs> And uh, he closed the door, locked it up, and he's like, yeah, if you really get into an emergency, here's where the key goes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he, and he was like, yeah, you know, it's not really for public, but if you really, really. And then he looked over at 10, he was like, but it looks like you guys have a really good setup here. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're good. Here's my business card. You can oh, a good inreach guy. me or send me a message, but uh, I hope you guys have a great hunt. You never came clean. I never, I never came clean. You're it was coming even, clean right now. Like I know. I hope Patrick record. listens to me. It's, it's um, a pretty. It's a pretty. Uh, I would say you qualified. But in that evening, you qualified to use that cabin. Totally. You just uh, were a little fear. You were a little, a little uh, scared. I know. In the heat of the moment. There. And here's the thing. I feel fine coming clean on the air, even if Patrick listens to this. Patrick, have you out there? Uh, we love you, ma'am. We and, do. And let me uh, tell you. Nice cabin. Kind of like caveat. And we would never use it unless it was an emergency. That's right. If you were soaking wet at 1030 at night. I'm, I'm sure it would have been no uh, problem. A, a soaking wet, lost woman in the wilderness <laughs> you were. I think you fully qualified to go into that cabin. I'm sure I did. And like. I'm just kind surprised of you were able to keep your poker face. Listen, I kept it together. And what's even that funnier. Me. This is like speeding up. But Patrick flew in again after we had gotten a bison. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had brought in like a like a white gas stove and some of that stuff preparing for super cold temperatures because like a jet boil with the propane That's right. doesn't do great once it gets below a certain temperature. Yep. And uh, we didn't end up needing the white gas. And so we had a couple canisters that we didn't even use. And I knew from being in there that uh, Patrick had some white gas lanterns and some of that stuff. So when he flew back in checking the bison, I asked him, I said, hey, Patrick, I said, I don't know if you guys have any of this stuff inside your cabin, but we have these extra and it's just extra weight for us to bring out. We'd love so you would you guys it. have a use for these? And he was like, oh, yeah. He said, we've got some stuff in there. You want like 20 bucks for it? And I said, no, Patrick, you can just you've keep are, it. You've and given he, me listen, enough, man. You know what he said in response? He goes, oh, you've just earned yourself one free night in the cabin. <laughs> so that's when I should you're have like, come clean. But like, in my head, I'm like, cha-ching, I cashed already, in. I already cashed it in. That's Slate's a wash. clean. That's a wash. It's a wash. I don't need to tell him. You can sleep at night. That's exactly right. So All right, well, that was, I feel that good about that. That came full circle. It was very innocent and uh i'd I'd have done the same thing (laughs) yeah but i can just see you maybe a little uh frozen in the in the uh presence of the law there just being like (sighs) you never know no you don't i mean my experience with the troopers is you're straightforward with them they're straightforward with you they got a job to do we got a job to do everybody shoots straight and we got no problem yep totally and like kind of in light of the troopers you know that this again was my first encounter. I'd only really heard the horror stories. Sure. Um, but Patrick was he was awesome. He was respectful. Um, he it was very clear he loved his job. He cared about the area. Uh, he you know just it was for us it was a very positive interaction. That's great. Yep. Um. So you 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 poach this spot for the night. Yep. <laughs> You sneak outside, set up a camp. Is is this like going to be your base camp for the buffalo hunt now? Yep. 
Okay, so you've made it to your destination where your supplies are, um, and you're now going to hunt out of this spot. Yep. And the trooper checks on you that morning, and then what happens? Off you go hunting? Yeah, so because we had, you know, taken the time to set up camp and that kind of stuff, we didn't have tons of time that first day. Uh, so we uh, rode up to kind of like, I'm going to call it a knoll, um, kind of like a like a small hill uh, a, that a had grassy a grassy knoll. Yeah, except snowy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to give us a really good view of the mountains that were on the other side of the river. So we rode over there and just spent that afternoon glassing. What did you um, see? I bet we saw, I'm in a ballpark here, 30 to 40 bison. Um, and there was kind of a group way off to the right, uh, and they were moving. Uh, spooked? No, just moving. Traveling. Uh, yep, traveling. Uh, not really. Like, you'll see them sometimes, like, stopping, eating, laying. This group in particular was on the move. Was it cows uh, and calves? Uh, cows and calves. If there were bulls, nothing huge. When's the breeding season for buffalo? I'll be honest, I have no idea. So they weren't rutting? Um, you weren't? Uh, we didn't see any. You didn't see um, like a, a big bull with like a harem of cows or something? No. Um, most of the like big bulls were off on their own. Solo. Um, or kind of in like like groups together. Bachelor group. Yep. And we didn't see any like baby bison. So when do uh, they when do they calve? I I don't I don't right know. Now? I right. think Justin, I, Justin's telling us right now. Yeah, I think it is like coming soon. So, so there were maybe were some prego bison out there. Oh, b big time. Yeah, all of them probably. <laughs> I, I mean, about ninety percent of the cows on the landscape were probably yeah, probably so packing calves. But yeah, so we're up on this knoll, looking out, and so we saw you know a couple different groups. The one was like moving, uh, heading back further into the mountains, but there were two bulls that were um i'm gonna call them like the herd bulls um because they just were astronomically larger than oh, yeah. any of the other bison and they were high and they were alone um and uh when brody had gone to fly in our gear mm -hmm. uh prior to it was like a week prior uh just the way that scheduling worked out with us and our pilot buddy uh we weren't able to do it super close so um, it was like a week before by the time that we were out there looking and he had seen those same ones in like that same area. They hadn't gone anywhere. Um, they hadn't, and he was like, okay, those are like, those are big. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we were, you know, we were probably at the spot we were glassing probably like a mile away from them. And with a naked eye, you can look and go, oh, that's two bull bison. Yeah. They're dinosaurs. Um, so yeah. Just to just, give some perspective, uh, I've, I've hunted a cow bison in jackson hole and they estimated that she was a thousand to eleven hundred pounds yeah my big. understanding is a bull is literally twice that it's, it's like a metric ton a t they can be two thousand pounds yeah just like anything there's a range so they're not all twice that much but right these yeah. would be I in that in point. that group um just just cruisers and like so crankers. big that you know through the spawning scope you're looking and you can't even see the horns so because big. their head was just so big and they had the big old afro they're packing a, a winter hide just huge time, but they're all yeah. paired up with that, that big afro yep so we watched all of them for a while but we decided you know in the morning 
we're going to try to make a play on, you know, one of these. How close were they? Together. You said there were two bulls. Yeah, they were probably, you know, from the distance we were at, it's hard to tell exactly how far, but I'm going to guess they're within 100 yards of each other. Okay, they're, they're together. Yeah. And they were higher in elevation than your knoll? All the way up. All the way up. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, what kind of gun did you choose to take? A 300 Win Meg. Very good. Is that your rifle? Yep. You shoot it well? I feel confident up to probably 350 yards. What did you shoot that lion with? A 7 mm weight. Oh. Yep. Because I remember that wasn't a terribly small gun either. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, okay, so you got a 300 Win Mag. You got a game plan to go after these two bulls the next day. Um, can you snowmobile close to them, or do you need to hike towards them? Yeah, so uh, this, again, was our first time bison hunting most people it, it is yeah yeah <laughs> long so, gone in the days of like the, so we the we didn't career know buffalo yes and like everybody had told us you know they're going to be in the foothills and the open grass areas they're going to be low well that wasn't that was not experience at all you're like what grassy um, areas? exactly and i didn't mention this earlier but when patrick flew in he had told us like yeah and like be really safe out there this is record snowfalls for us i've never seen the bison this high before so um, they're going, they're, are they're they going to windswept ridges yes this is Just exactly like the where caribou they are doing right now yep because they're big fat stumpy heavy and they eat grass so they don't they, they're not like you know these snowshoe hares that like prance they're like they well, would heavier. sink yeah so they they don't want to be in the deep snow so they'll the it's kind of counterintuitive but if you go higher in elevation You'd think you would get deeper in snow, but there are, in fact, windswept, yep. uh, exposed mountainsides yep. where these large omnivores can forage. Yes, and easily. it's incredible. Like, they, they just, we literally saw ram sheep, like, barely above where these bison were. That's a trip. Um, And, it, like, super cool to get to experience that, but just perspective-wise, it's like, you know, just earlier I said, you know, I can't go sheep hunting. And I'm like, oh, but... I can snowshoe to bison at that elevation. <laughs> I, I would uh, <laughs> confidently say you could do oh. anything. Oh, I, you know, maybe next year I'll have to give it a try. You'll probably draw some chugach tag. Hey, that'd be sweet. But anyway, so the next morning we uh, went out and because we were kind of learning, we didn't know, do the bison get spooked by the snow machine uh, sometimes it's better to have like the machines versus the people. Sometimes it's worse to have the machines. Yeah, totally. Like in Montana, like sometimes deer and elk are used to yeah. trucks and tractors. Exactly. As soon as you step out of one, there. Yes. Yep. And that's that same thing in Michigan. Like when we would tree stand whitetail hunt, you know, Bertie would tell me like, you know, stay in the Kubota. Uh, you know, what's a Kubota? Uh, it's kind of like a redneck four wheeler. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you think about like oh, a side oh, by know, side I know. yeah i know what that is okay. um yeah 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 i don't know if that's a good explanation it is. or not no, more I like got, a side by side but like yeah so anyway uh he would always tell me that same thing because they don't mind when the machines go by but as soon as your feet start crunching on the leaves I, i've always you said might as well uh, take the stand down whatever it is whatever you're hunting i've always said as soon as you start acting like a predator the prey knows. Oh, 100%. Like as soon as you change your, as soon as you like even lower your head, be like, oh, there's an animal. Yes. They see your change in demeanor and they go, they're acting predatory. Yes. Like, so we did not know, like, is it better to take the machine, to not take the machine? So we took the machine kind of like, 
we rode the river and then went like a couple ridges over to like to the left hand side of these bulls of these bulls and parked our snow machine there yeah uh and brody was like all right snap on your snowshoes Mm -hmm. and i was like no we no and he was like listen babe i'm giving us the best opportunity i know how to give us he wanted to play it conservative yeah and he was like you know we're gonna give this the best shot we have and i was like I am about to snowshoe up to where there's sheep. And that is ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, I strapped on my snowshoes. He had told me, which I know now, he he's really good at knowing how to motivate me, but he's full of baloney. Uh, Sometimes you got to be. Yep. Yep. Camp's, so camp's just over He had told ridge. me, you know, no, if we go this route, it's like pretty hard packed snow and we'll be good for staying on top. Mm-hmm. Crap. No, you sink like past your hips. With the snowshoes. With even. the snowshoes. So you were in some trashy spring snow. Yes. And I bet we had been walking only 10 minutes and I would look back at the snow machines. You said, let's just keep driving these things. And be like, why? Like, why are we doing this? This is crazy. Um, How far away are the buffalo? I'm going to guess they were like, like, this sounds so lame when I say it out loud. I'm going to guess they were like a half a mile or three quarters of a mile from where we parked the sleds. Yeah. So they were not super far. Well, but they, in they those are. conditions, you bet you it was they are. miserable. And what's your comfortable shooting? How, how close did you want to get? I wanted to get, my ideal is like 200 yards. Absolutely. I'm willing to shoot like 300. It's a big, um, it's a big animal. I fast forward, the bison I ended up taking uh, went really well and it was at 350. Okay. Um, so I feel comfortable kind of in that range, but my like my preferred scenario is to ha- get close. Half mile in those conditions might as well be three counties over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got like you got to put in some work. So, so what'd you do? So we kept hiking, uh, snowshoeing, and then it gets to the point where like you're really going up in like your elevation. So mm-hmm. you a my husband's like literally a foot taller than me. Yeah, he's a goat. Yes, and so. He's, you know, making, and I'm trying to take these monster steps. He wasn't, he him. wasn't laying down a nice. I think he was dude. trying, but he just doesn't understand. His best, <laughs> eff- his best efforts to accommodate <laughs> your steps was still not enough. Yes. And like, it's not just like the stride, but every step is, you know, to Hip your flexors. waist, literally. Yeah. So you have to like you spent the last lift up your leg shoes. to get over. Uh, what type of snowshoes did you have? I have no clue what kind of snowshoes i was wearing did your did your snowshoes have a uh a heel bar for when going uphill i'm new to this travis had this my snowshoes on this past bear hunt did not have them but travis's did when you're going uphill his msr snowshoes he could flip this bar under his heel uh that elevate you know his foot would go level instead of his heel sinking so it was like walking on flat stairs as he went up. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And my level of jealousy. So it sounds right like now you did not have it. It's through the room. Hey, neither did I. <laughs> Perfect. You understand the misery. So I think we were starting to get close to where like the elevation really started to get more steep. And I would take a step and then like slide down. Mm. And then take a step and then slide down. And take a step and then slide down. And I would I sat there and I was like this is ridiculous. 
and whoever named them snowshoes, uh, maybe I just had cheap ones, but they need a new name. And that's what I said to Brody on that hill. I said, I said, if you've ever seen like a snowshoe hair run, yeah, yeah. they stay on top of the snow. Yep. The false advertisement. You sink and it hurts. So what do you want to name and them? <laughs> They're, they're, they're sink shoes. They're, they're snow anchors? <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what. They're very helpful until they're not. Once you once you uh, fall down in them or once you kind of get uh, yes. crooked or sideways in them or too much snow on top of them, it, it, it is a very awkward thing to try to yes. get yourself. Yes, and I did not mention this earlier, but we made the mistake because everybody had told us, you know, the bison are going to be low. They're going to be mm-hmm. in the foothills. I did not pack hiking shoes. So you, I was, uh, what wearing, are, you wearing are you familiar with bunny boots? I am now, but, uh, for the listener, tell me exactly what that is. A bunny boot is the heaviest, clonkiest boot on the planet. They're these giant rubber, Old military boots that were designed for people who jumped out of airplanes. Is that right? Um, but they are into like wet areas. I don't know if they were like designed for wet areas or not, but they've got like the little uh, like twist turn thing on the side for like air pressure and uh, all that stuff. Like but a, like a Nike pump or something. Yeah, it is kind of like that. It looks just like that. They're they're kind of like Arctic. Arctic uh, footwear options. Yes. It's a white rubber boot. They're heavily insulated. Yes. Yep. Very insulated. And, you know, kind of when you talk to people, because there's a lot of brands that make really well insulated boots. Shout when out you to talk Nays. to people, there you go, about like what's the difference between a bunny boot and some of these other lines, everybody's going to tell you the difference is my feet can get soaking wet, water can come over my boots and go into them. And you can still wear those boots all day long and your feet will stay warm. And I can tell you, I'm a very cold blooded, small human and my feet have never gotten cold in a bunny boot. Hmm. Um, even on that, even on the Jeep trail. How tall is um, that? How tall does that boot go up your leg? I'm going to say maybe like four inches up your leg. Oh, they're not that big. No, not that big, but real clunky and just heavy. Okay. So well paired for snowmobiling yes. walking on your camp snowshoeing yes super popular for ice fishing where you sit mm. or stand nobody's hiking in bunny boots so when did this plan backfire well when we started snowshoeing up the side of oh, a mountain the, the snow the uh, bunny shoes god damn, there seems like snowshoeing and a bunny shoe should go perfectly together <laughs> Well, maybe it just feeds the fact that they've got the wrong name. Um, but so we're we're just miserable hiking up this thing. And we start to get up, you know, kind of toward I'm, I'm sliding, I'm sliding. I'm starting to do the like side shuffle mm. a little bit to kind of get up there. And of dan- course, Brody's are you dancing like, or are you hunting? Well, you know, a little bit of both. Right. <laughs> but it was not graceful. Uh, so Brody's already like, you know, he's always ahead of me, but. He was like just below the top, mm-hmm. and he, you know, starts signaling to me like, "Come on!" Of course. On. And I'm like, "Hurry up here!" Okay, so it's like you feel like you're dying, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, like there must be something. Like we gotta go." So I push my way up there. It's still not graceful, but I made it. And you know, he's telling me, you know, stay down, stay down. And he's like, "There's a bison over there." One of the two. One of the two. Well, well, we thought we didn't know at the time. We right. just knew. You know, there's one right over kind of this ridge. 
And we're like, okay. I said, so like, what do I do? And he's like, you know, look, crack one in your gun because we always, you know, when you're hiking or snowshoeing, you sure. always don't want one in the chamber. But we had gotten to the point, you know, he's like, all right, I want Time you to, to load your put gun. one in. You need to How close ready. is the buffalo? I had I hadn't seen it. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I was still trying to make my way up the mountain, Pete. Yeah. This is a this is similar. I the other day we were out hunting. I yelled at Travis. I was like wolves. He didn't even look for them. Yeah. He just dumped his backpack, got his rifle, and like laid down prone. And was like where? <laughs> I was like yes, whoa. Totally. Navy Seal. So I get it ready. You know, I've got my bipod on, and we're belly crawling. You know. Up to, you know, the top of this thing. We get barely up the top. We're glassing. No bison. Glassing. No bison. Well, he's like, I swear I saw one. Well, and I'm and I'm telling him, you know, I'm like, I'm like, where'd you see it? And he's like, just shh, like, just lay still. So. Tatanka. In- <laughs> he went full primal out there. So in like this, uh, I'm going to call it like a ravine. Because, like, we, you know, went up to the peak, but then there was, like, like a valley. A little valley in front um, of us. Kind of right in front of us up to that next peak that was pretty, like, steep. Deep. Deep down and up. And uh, very, like, thick. Wooded. Alders um, and stuff? Yeah, or? like alders. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, we're looking at A lot of wo- woody vegetation. There's no leaves or nothing in March. No, no. So yeah. Just a lot. All dead, but just super thick. And is the buffalo in that stuff? Well, we were watching. We are glassing, trying, trying to, to figure out, yeah. like, where to go. Because Brody, you know, after, since he saw it, he had to duck down and then wait for me. Uh, so by the time I had gotten up there, uh, you know, we're looking, not seeing anything. And I bet we laid there, you know, prone, kind of ready to go for five, ten minutes and just hadn't seen anything. So Brody had said to me, he said, okay, I'm going to, you know, tuck down and i'm gonna walk up to this next point but i want you to sit here and just be ready in hindsight uh what had brody seen was he waiting for the buffalo to climb up the hill into view of you or I'll what be was going totally on to be honest i think it was like our first stock and we just he was just like a little excited buffalo <laughs> hit the deck yeah and yep. then you got to kind of reassess. Yeah, because it was like we didn't know how spooky they were or, you know, any of that stuff. And, and he knew how hard I was working Yeah. Uh, to get up there. So I don't know that we really had like a plan. We just knew there's an animal in there. And this is the general area that we've seen those two monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, you got to stay low and be quiet. Safety's off. We don't want to mess this up. Yeah. I'm just kidding. So he, he says, okay, I'm going to go over – um, he tucks down and goes like up the ridge to like this next peak so he can maybe get a different angle off to your left yep and i'm still breathing hard and mm. you know kind of like our <laughs> flashback bear story brody always goes on and i'm like i'm gonna camp out right here yeah it didn't always work out for you <laughs> <laughs> last yeah. time that happened you said to swat off a brown bear <laughs> with a trekking pole <laughs> if you have not heard that story please reference season one episode with becca where she tells an incredible story about fighting off a brown bear with her trekking hey, pole i was ready this time mm-hmm. the gun was off the backpack loaded loaded yeah with the bipod lesson learned you ain't going out like that exactly 
So uh, I'm sitting there. I'm still glassing, glassing. He goes up. He's like just sitting, tucked in at like this peak. All of a sudden, through my binoculars, like the entire frame of the binocular is full of a bison. Oh, gosh. And I don't know if you've ever had the experience of like you're just glassing like everywhere so long that you're like, I don't even know like where I'm looking, but wherever my binocular is pointed toward, there's a giant yep. buffalo. And you don't dare take your eye. You're like locked <laughs> I'm, on I'm it. telling myself like, don't move. Don't, you know. It's like tar target, my, target acquired. Yes. All of my, everything inside of me wants to go like, Brody, Brody. Buffalo. <laughs> so I'm like having to tell myself like, Sit how far away still, did he get from up. you? So Brody, yeah, uh, he was probably I don't know, a couple hundred, few hundred yards away, a little ways. Um, yeah. So I'm like, you know, laying still, laying still, and I had in my uh, in my harness, I had a, my rangefinder. You know, I'm all set up because Brody's thing. Because you're a hunter. Since, since I learned, you know, he's like, you gotta have everything you need to do to do it on your own. Uh, so I, you know, get my range fine around. I'm trying not to move. And I go and I'm like, where the heck is that stupid thing? And going back to my binoculars, I could find it, couldn't find it, find it. Uh, so I finally find it with my range finder. Yeah. And it was exactly like to the yard, 600 yards away. Oh, that's far. So way outside of my comfort area of shooting. Uh, so I just kind of like put it down and I, you know, was watching. All of a sudden, uh, that thing looked... I feel like in my soul. Uh, and when I say looked in my soul, like we were making eye contact. At 600 yards. At 600 yards. And you're laying, my binoculars. You're laying prone. You're laying yes, on your belly. laying prone on, you know, this knoll. Uh, and I look over at Brody and he's like tucked in like I can hardly see him. So I don't know if it winded us or... Uh, him or what the, happened. All of a sudden this but buffalo was that wise. That buffalo was very aware there was no like i wonder if he saw us it was like he just stared into my soul yeah uh yeah, yeah and yeah. you know i watch it and all of a sudden he it's like violated yes like, oh, like he's, he's got, like he's got me he's like nice try <laughs> 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 cute effort uh and he took off and just he did ran uh and like it was not like oh like i'm gonna mosey it was like rolling Booking it. Rolling um, two thousand pound animal just Yes, like how running. deep is the snow? Oh deep, yeah. That had to have been quite the sight. Uh, just crazy. And I so Brody had seen it from up where he was and he didn't say anything or move because yeah, you yeah. know, same thing. Because he's a so, predator. Exactly. So once he came back down and I was like, Did you see that? And he was like, Yeah, did you see it run? And I was like, Yes. And we just sat there probably for five minutes talking about how crazy and cool it was just to see the power i feel like that comes uh, with those animals what comes to mind to me you've seen some videos of a uh, train coming through a lot yes. of snow yes like if, a, if a train track has feet of snow on it and then if the first train comes through and it's just like yes that's this buffalo yeah so uh, out of your life <laughs> yes and it went off and so me you know i'm ignorant i was so proud of myself for making it there i was like Come on, babe, like, let's go down the ravine and up mm. the next one, you and we're going to get it. You wanted to go chase And he's him. like, no, babe, like, I want you to remember how hard it was to get here. You're going to do that again, and that bison's nowhere near there. We lose. <laughs> we lose, and then we're further away from so, the sled. So he's one of the things Brody and I have been 
like that we've had a lot of conversations about that he's been awesome about is like I'm really working to gain confidence and like competency in myself as a hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still very I have grown a lot, learned a lot. That's the more it. I go, um, you know, the more I learn. But I still am in many ways very dependent on like Brody's experience and knowledge. Uh, and so he has started doing things like. Uh, you know, when we before we do, he'll ask me, you know, well, what do you think we should do? Uh, cool. What path do you think we should take? Hell of a um, mentor. Oh, he, yes. And and he's so gentle um, when I, you know, say, well, why I think we should go. And he's like, well, should marry what this if guy. We, I know it. He's <laughs> sealed the deal <laughs> off the market. Uh, and so uh, this was one of those moments where, you know, he's asking me, you know, what do you think we should do? What do you think we should do? And I'm. I'm so like motivated. I'm like, Let's I saw that on. thing. It filled my whole binocular view. Its head was just like that. That was, that was true. Like trophy bison. You, you wanted it. Uh, yeah. And I was like, I think we should go to And he, you know, in the most gentle way was like, wrong answer was like, well, he said, or yesterday when we were on the knoll, he was like, we did see a herd that's just over this ridge to the left. We could go see if they're still there. And I was like, well, what if we went over there? And then if they're not, then we went back over there. Yeah, you weren't done with it yet. Yeah, he he just kept, you know, in the kindest way saying, like, I think we need a new plan because that thing is long gone. Uh, So I eventually picked up on the fact that I wasn't going to get that bison that day. And we went over uh, to another area, did some more glassing, and long story short, found another herd Mm. uh, that was way too far to target that day, but was a good, like, okay, it's good to know, like, pretty good-sized herd that was off in the distance. Yeah. And you're, you're, I'm assuming that's all cows and calves, but you're saying there's there's probably a bull with them or one nearby them. The size of the herd was like, there's got to be bulls in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so we did that. Uh, they were obviously way too far off. We had missed our chance at this one. Snowshoe down. Back uh, to the sleds. Back to the sleds. Uh, in hindsight, I am thankful that Brody talked me out of going down the ravine and up because the rest of the trip. You'd still be we there. We glassed every single day on that entire like side of the range and never saw either one of those bison again. Where'd they go? No clue. But they're out there and they're alive. God, isn't that cool? Um, it, it's incredible. Uh, so it's like they just knew. And the magic man. Now you see me, now you don't. Yes, and we even went back a couple evenings just for fun, uh, back to that same knoll where it was like, you know, they've got to be there. They were yeah. there when you flew over. They were there when we came. Like, 2, that's their grounds. 2,000-pound mammal like, can't disappear. Yeah, it was like they just knew. Like, well, doesn't, that, doesn't that make you respect them even more? Oh, so, very much so. Yep. You're like, these things are cool. Oh, so cool. Uh, but yeah, so we survived our snowshoe misery after the giant uh, got to 600 yards. Yep, had a cool moment with him. Yep, and one of the things that was uh, pretty sweet. So Patrick, our uh, trooper friend, oh, yeah. uh, we had seen him uh, earlier that day. You know, flying over, just doing patrol, some of that kind of stuff. Uh, later. Uh, when he flew back on us after we were successful, uh, he said to me, he said, and yeah, you know, good effort up there at those two big ones. That's the closest I've seen anybody get to those. Oh, um, so I'm like 600 yards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm still, you know, super bummed. It would have been an incredible opportunity, but just to see them and get that close to them and just to see the way they can move and maneuver cool was experience. just incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And 
I will also say I'm thankful. Like, it, it would have been cool and probably worth it. You got to but keep I'm hunting. also thankful that we got to keep hunting and that I didn't have to find a way to get that bison out of there. Well, that was going to be my uh, next Because that was going to be a pretty miserable takedown. So the hunt continues. So the hunt continues. So as we're coming down uh, onto the river, uh, riding back to where camp was at, that is where we crossed paths with Kevin, Skeeter, and Dave. My man. <laughs> And had they killed a buffalo yet? Uh, they had not. So they had just gotten there uh, early that night prior. And uh, they, you know, it was kind of cool because we, I've had not a lot, but one in particular, a, a negative experience. With other hunters? With other hunters out. Car let me guess, caribou uh, hunting. Exactly. Yeah. Steve's Highway. I'm like, <laughs> everything you learn in hunter safety. Out the window. Out the window. Yeah. When it, you come out alive, it's a miracle. I, I, I believe, I, I've been said before, I believe antelope hunting brings out the worst in all sportsmen. Yes. Caribou hunting in uh, some parts of Alaska might be similar to yes, that. Yes, very much so. Just just terrible experience. And, and we had had an experience specific with that that, uh, one of our good friends had told us, hey, we got this buddy. He's going to be up hunting there. It was our first time ever hunting caribou. We went to go meet up with him, hoping to learn some things, and it was a very negative experience. Competitive. Um, just stupid. <laughs> just unethical and yes. stupid and yes. Disrespectful. Not, not something you wanted to be a part no, of. No, like, like let me give you an example of what this guy did. And I'm not going to use his name for lots of reasons, but we were at one point Let's call him Chad. Love it. Chad's a good name for him. So we're up on this ridge line, and, and there's thousands of people out caribou hunting, right? Yeah, I heard it's a real rodeo. Up on this ridge line, and there's a river, you know, down below with some treed areas, and, and there's people everywhere, you know? So we're sitting up, and it's probably a mile down to where that river is, mm -hmm. and Chad starts shooting bullets down into this area. And we said, what are you shooting at? Yeah. And he said, well, I'm just going to fling off some shots to see if I can get some caribou to spook Sh and come out. Oh, my god. And we're goodness. like, you might, you might shoot somebody. There could be a person down there. Like, he was just going into, like, it was, it was, it was a terrible that's, experience. That's, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh, terrible, terrible experience. Um, just desk pops. Just uh, see if I could stir up yes, the kettle here. Like scary and infuriating and embarrassing. And we very, like after that day, Brody and I quickly went like, off we're never hunting, on our own. We're never hunting with anybody but ourselves. Yes. And so it was like when I meet these people on the river, Kevin, it was. Skeeter and Dave on the buffalo hunt. You've, yes. uh, you've got cold feet. I, I did. And I was like, okay, like, you know, you want to be friendly and cordial and, you know, all that stuff. But I was like, we are not about to go hunting with these people. We don't know them. Yeah. And just think about Chad. I'm not trying to get myself into a Buffalo Chad situation. That's not good for anybody. No. And this is like once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, so it was so refreshing because as we meet them, the very first thing that they said was, hey, they were like, we saw you guys up, you know, snowshoeing. Respect. Uh, all the, and they, they literally were like, you guys are crazy and you're badass. They liked uh, it. They loved it. And they were like, but we hope 
you know, they were like, we saw you already up there. So we went way down over here because we didn't want to mess up your stock. We didn't want to get in your way. You were here first. Like Imme- immediately they passed the test. Immediately. It was like, OK, y'all, y'all like, cool. Respect. Yep. Um, you know, I'm by no means an expert. We're but on the same Some of the here. basic things was like, OK, like I you don't own the public land, but it was like I'm willing to share this area with them. Yeah. Um, versus like, you know, sometimes it's like, you gotta, you know, it's not like I was here first, but you gotta gotta piss on your corner. Yes, totally. Uh, and it was instantly like, okay, they, they get it. Um, so that's good. Yeah. So they had kind of told us, you know, here's where we're going to be camping at. Uh, we're down the way a little bit. We told them where we were at. Uh, and then just kind of said, like, Oh, Patrick's cabin. I thought that was for emergencies. <laughs> I'm like, well. <laughs> so we. Damsel in distress exactly. out here. So we kind of, you know, chatted a little bit and then kind of said, this is where we're camping. This is where we're camping. Went on our way. Um, but it was it was a great experience. So um, just to kind of speed things along, the next day, it was the craziest thing, but we saw zero bison. Oh, wow. Went to the, that same area, rode a lot further, went back a couple of ridges. How's your weather? Um, really, we were pretty spoiled with good weather for most of the trip. At the very start of our ride, we did see some pretty cold temperatures, like negative 20s. Um, but what, our whole time out at camp, we had probably like 20s and 30s. Um, and there was one day in the morning, it literally rained. Yeah, I was going to say, at some um, point... You don't want it to be that, especially in this, with the snowshoeing and the snowmobiling, you don't want it to get that warm. Exactly. And that's part of what makes it like even worse with some of that stuff. The sun comes out. Oh, yeah. It makes it soft. You sink a lot more. Uh, so comfort wise, we had really good weather. Uh, condition wise, it would have been okay if it was a little bit colder. All right. Um, so you're not facing any super adverse uh, weather conditions? Nope, not at all. Uh, so that next day, we rode, we hiked, we glassed, and every like herd of bison that we had seen couldn't find. Uh, no buffalo. Zero. Oh. And so we were like, well, so Brody and I uh, went over maybe like one or two more ridges to say, well, maybe they went back here because that, that first day that we were glassing, that group that was just kind of on the move, they were heading further like into the mountain range. Mm. So we uh, rode and hiked goes, over. Uh, tandem with the hunting pressure showing up. Is yeah, it, is I there would a say correlation there. Or I is would it just kind of so. they just were naturally going out that way. I think it's a combination of both. From what we've been told, they do move around quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think it also didn't help that there were now a couple of groups in there hunting. Sure. Um, so definitely the di- the direction they were moving was away from us. Okay. Uh, but so we went over, you know, a couple more ridges, hiked up, uh, did some more walking around, and glassed another herd that was in an area that from just looking on our onyx, we were like, it's going to be really tricky to get there. Mm. Um, more spaces like what we did for the Jeep trail. Um, oh, Lord. So it was like there's no, there's no like – River, we can run. There's no, you know, it was kind of like, if, if that's no, where we're no going to go. There's no path of least resistance Nope, here. and there's no, like, nice scenario. Uh, but it was the only buffalo that we were seeing. So we decided 
after we saw them that we were going to go back and ride over to where Kevin, Dave, and Skeeter were staying to say, hey, you know, if, if there's five of us, you know, that makes breaking the trail a lot easier. Oh, um, and it wanna, was a big herd. You want to gang up So we with were like, boys. maybe if we can get, you know, them to come with us, we can break the trail Something a little tells bit. tells me Skeeter can break a trail. Skeeter can break a trail. And let me tell you, Dave had this, like, beast of a sled. Yeah. Uh, and like he literally just to kind of give you an idea of like the type of guy that Dave is, you know, remember he's the one that's mm -hmm. like the local expert, the, the expert, he the literally, chaperone, we called him. he pulled in a thousand pounds of gear. Oh, wow. Um, and when I talk a thousand pounds, it's like, what are you bringing? That's a thousand pounds. He brought a full size generator. Oh, he this brought dude <laughs> was ready. He was ready. So it was like, okay. You know, we can get Dave out there breaking trails. Dave's like Mac Skeeters, MacGyver like, out yes, there. Yes, literally. Like the MacGyver of Farewell yeah. is Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we should make him a shirt. <laughs> so he, so we went over to their cabin. And they were like, do you guys see anything? They had seen nothing that whole day. And we said, mm -hmm. well, we found another herd. Showed them kind of on the map where they're at. Like, you know, maybe what we do should you all think? do this together. Maybe we should all do this together. And they were like, okay. Uh, and they said, you know. You guys found them, so you're going to pick your bison. You're going to shoot Dude, first. This Motley crew. Um, I have, they're incredible. I'm getting more and more respect for these right? guys. Right? Uh, so we kind of made a game plan. We said, all right, let's meet at the river at 9 a.m. Because uh, that's right about dusk. So we'll. Dawn. Dawn. You're right. Dusk is night. That's dawn right. is morning. Thank you. Yeah, I have a brain. <laughs> um, how far did you have to travel through this kind of un untraveled uh, Jeep trail style country? I'm I guess like maybe like seven eight miles oh, oh, oh something that's like far. that like a little bit of a way up into the mountains yeah up in um, the drainage but on our way there so we meet at the river 9 a.m we get going down the trail maybe a mile down the trail something tells me uh kevin was probably late to that rendezvous kevin was the caboose for yeah. sure yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> ah, wait up for me. That's exactly what he sounds growl, like. Growl, growl, growl. <laughs> he growls just like that. Yeah, I, can I feel like you've met him. I'm scared that I'm going to like turn into a Kevin someday. <laughs> hey, Lisa not, Lisa, not a Chad. <laughs> hey, you're not a Chad. Just don't be Chad. Um, so we're, again, probably like a mile down the trail. All of a sudden, to our left-hand side, uh, Dave starts pelting off a couple shots what and i'm like what so in my mind i literally was having flashbacks to chad thinking like stir you know, up I a hear, little bit i hear two and all of a sudden from the front of the group they yelled they're like we got two you're like and whoa I, I only have one tag i literally was pissed you're like, this and was i was not like a team effort. i was like they just shot my bison and like this was not cool oh no uh, so i'm like flashing back to chad and i get up there and they shot wolves. Yes. And I was like, what? This is so incredible. So they um, got two wolves. So two. And as they're doing that, a third one like popped out because the snow was so deep, they couldn't like run off. Love it. Um. So uh, Dave shot those two. Skeeter shot the third one. Um, How many wolves in total were there? Three. And they got all of them. And they got all of them. It what, was so cool. What colors were they? Uh, one was black. Two were like a like a brownish, grayish, you know, type of thing. And all three were pretty small. Oh, there were. Um, there were tons of uh really large wolf tracks all over, uh, in the area, and they were on an old moose kill. 
Oh, they were. Um, so it was pretty clear that they were maybe like the pack stragglers or had gotten kicked out or, you know, something like Some that. Teenagers um, scrap, scrapping along. Yes, nothing huge, but any chance to see a wolf and then successfully uh, harvest the wolf, did especially. Did you in see any of that go down or did you just catch up to it? So at that time, I, I didn't like see, you know, obviously I heard the shots and the cheers. and You're like, damn it, Chad. Uh, all stuff, but I didn't like see the wolves right. until they, you know, brought them back. But it was it was so exciting. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. super cool. So we took them. Wolf the hat sled. trick. That's yeah. awesome. And then what was even more fun. So then it was like after that, everybody's radar was up. We were all looking. Um, well, my gun was in, uh, like, like a gun case, like a scabbard, um, or like a case, like an actual case yeah. strapped in, Enough you know, ice behind. and snow. It's probably good to just have it cased up. Yeah. Waterproof, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and then Brody had one in like a gun boot, but it was like, you know, closed up and some of that kind of stuff too. Uh, so then we're riding and then Brody, who was right in front of me off to the right was like, wolf, wolf. Uh, so he's like running back to my sled to try to get, you know, my gun out because it's a little bit faster. Uh, and Dave shot that one. So Dave shot three. Um, Whoa. And all, all in like a, a five, ten minute span? Yes. Or? Wow. Yeah. And it was it was just so exciting. Uh, and it was cool after that because even again, just like the. How far were they shooting these wolves? Oh, I'm going to say like 30 yards. Oh. Maybe a hundred, Brody says. <laughs> yeah, I just saw Brody mouth hundred. That's still right, right in front um, of you. Close, yeah. So enough freehand, yeah, you know, some of that stuff. So swing and uh, shoot. So just so just adrenaline rush. So it's like this day, like you've teamed up, you've met. It's nine fifteen. We've already yeah. got four wolves down. I feel like you got um, this gang. You like need a gang name. Yes, it was like there's there's no. Like, there's no way this day can go bad. And you're still headed towards the buffalo. Still heading towards the buffalo. Yep. So we we parked the wolves, uh, like buried them a little bit underneath of a tree so yep. that we weren't pulling them all day long. Uh, went out. And so nothing would come pick on, eagles wouldn't come pick on yep. them and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so then we kind of headed out, broke trail. It was smooth sailing with Dave's machine. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Dave, where were you on the Jeep trail? Uh, <laughs> could have used you two days could've ago, three them. days ago. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of went out and took our time, did some glassing, found a you know couple few different herds uh, oh, that were got into them. that were like way off mm. uh, and moving away from us. Uh, and not because that they were spooked, but just because they were kind of traveling. Just like that first day, we saw the one group, um, and uh, then we saw a couple of other groups. And said, okay, well, you know, let's kind of make a play. Yeah. Um, well, that was the day. So our snowshoe attempt, you know, we spooked, we think because of the wind, but we don't know. Uh, the big boy. Yep. So this day we opted for the snow machine attempt. Well, let me tell you, uh, bison don't like snow machines. <laughs> 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 so we we were like, let's just go. And there was like a herd kind of in an open area. Just go, and man. we just literally like all rode up got by a tree we were probably within like 200 yards and they all were like nope i'm out nice try. <laughs> nice try. so we were like okay but it was still early in the day uh and and dave was like super apologetic he was like i'm sorry guys like i should have done that we we're like it's got okay, a little carried away on the <laughs> yeah. old machine back there. yeah uh but so uh we kind of like continued to watch and glass and uh we ended up actually the herd that i uh, took my shot out of 
uh, we stumbled upon more than anything. Mm. Uh, so that same afternoon. That same afternoon. Yep. So you we were kind of getting into them. You were yeah, we were getting groups. into them. We were finding different groups, and we decided to go down into this valley because we were going to go up, because uh, we wanted to get on this ridge line to see over where a lot of those bison had been traveling into. Oh, that next ridge syndrome. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and on our way, uh, while we were going down in that valley, uh, off to our side, we were like, "Hey, hey, hey! That's like a, a group of bison. There were probably." Maybe seven to ten of them, maybe a dozen. All five of you still together? Um, all five of well, four of us. Kevin was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got it. Forgot. Uh, so uh, we kind of stopped and spent some time glassing. We decided there's there's a few that you know look like bulls, mm-hmm. um, but uh, again, kind of I mentioned it earlier briefly, but it's a bull only tag. That's right. So for people who haven't spent much time learning bison, uh, they look very similar. But uh, what are the differences? So uh, the, 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 the easiest difference that I have found, and each person you talk to kind of has different things, um, but the biggest differences is the size and the shape of the head. Uh, so the face of a bull is going to be a lot more like a triangle because mm-hmm. uh, their forehead is really big and they got more of that like afro, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and the face of a cow is going to be a lot more like an oval, a lot more narrow and long. Um, but the, the easiest thing for me is the, the size of the bases of their horns. I feel like you're overthinking it. The easiest thing for me is to look for, for the a, pecker. I know. So the penis sheath, because they you have their winter that. coat, you can't see oh, it. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So their hair is so long, because I agree, that would be the easiest. So for in layman's um, terms, how I differentiate cows from bulls and uh bison the bulls they're obviously much bigger but their horns uh will make like a field goal shape yep whereas cows are gonna have they curl more in a little bit more c more c-shaped yeah. horns thinner and more curvature to them where yep. the, the uh the bulls are gonna have just those big field goal posts. yeah and a lot of people use that method too i and successfully i when when we were kind of like studying pictures uh, and going, we went to like the wildlife conservation center before the trip to awesome. look at their herd to figure out, you know, can we pick them apart? Some of that stuff. <laughs> I didn't find like super clear distinction within the middle aged bison sure. with that approach. That when I, there I were like massive old bruisers, it was like a clear goalpost. Plain but as day. in the process of like. The mature cows getting the curl and the bison really like going up. It was the too. Old, the five the five year olds are kind of tough. Yes, it was too hard for me. Yeah. Um. So that but that is a good strategy. Uh. But definitely the bases, the shape of the head. Um, you see a group of ten and you think that there's some bulls there. We think there's some bulls there. So uh, we decide it's worth it to pull out the spotting scope to get a little bit of an even closer view. So we pull that out. We look. And by this time, and it took that long, Kevin had joined the group, and he's sitting in the back, you know, getting his his drink on, and he's like, it's a whole group of damn cows. Why are we wasting our time? And so he was positive that they were all cows. Mm. Um, And uh, the rest of us were, like, uh, deciding, but there was one in the group that we all agreed, like, that's a bull. A young bull. Um, Middle-aged. Okay. Yep. Mature. Yep. Uh, 
And then there was like a second one that we were kind of deciding, uh, you know, but the more we watched them and then once we got a good view with the spotter, we decided that there's two bulls yeah. in this group that we feel confident about. So uh, I got set up. Skeeter got set up. Kevin's uh, like, y'all are crazy. Well, by this time, once we were going to shoot, he's like, maybe it's a bull. And <laughs> like, like, she was hilarious. Like, Pipe down, Kevin. Yes. We got this. Yes, he was hilarious. Uh, so he, you know, kind of did some of that stuff. And so we get, it's 350 yards. To this whole group. Um, To this, to where, you know, this group is. But a nice, like, bench. So got set up, laid prone, having the bipod there. Uh, you know, Brody's right next to me, ranging yep, it, making yep. sure I feel good. Uh, and, you know, so Skeeter's like, okay, which one do you want? I, you know, I picked out my one. He's going to shoot at the other one. This group's not wise to you? You know, I, they didn't seem to really care that we were there. They, uh, had, they were just kind of confidence in their numbers, maybe? Laying, feeding, chilling. Uh, like, they were, mo like, walking, but not in a spooky way. Yeah. Uh, and so I said, okay, so Skeeter's there, I'm there. And I said, all right, on the count of three, one, I didn't even get to two. Skeeter's shooting. <laughs> and I was like, what? I got to shoot. Like, Skeeter so don't count down. <laughs> so, so all of a sudden I shoot. Shooter's going to shoot, man. Yeah, I shoot. And they're like, great shot. And, and all I hear is Brody going, shoot again, shoot again. So I shoot again. And all of a sudden the bison just dropped. Were you able to stay on your animal? Yes. Things didn't get mixed up? No, things didn't get mixed up. And really, like, after he shot, uh, the one, cause I was, I was ready. Like I had it in the scope. You were ready. Yeah. All that stuff. It didn't even really move. I mm. think it like froze. Like what was that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were like, so oh, it's game then, time. then it was like, okay, I got to go. So I got the one shot. Tell me about your shot, your shot placement. Uh, Buffalo has interesting anatomy, a large hump and a, a, a humongous front shoulder. Yeah. Where, where I were you aiming? Right behind the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people shoot too high on bison and mountain goats because of that uh there's a name for it the part of the vertebrae that stands up tall like a fin yeah a buffalo and mountain goat have it nil guy have yeah. it the, that weird animal i just hunted in texas yeah uh, i believe like a giraffe would have it but anyways i think a lot of people end up shooting too high on yeah. a buffalo i just was zeroed in right behind the shoulder 300 win mag yep gang and, gang uh, two shots yep and it dropped right where it was Awesome. Uh, and so we're like, I'm like cheering. Well, then Did Skeeter it's like, get his? Well, so I'm like in the zone. Like, you know, you forget about Skeeter. How could you? So I like see that mine's down and I look up and uh, Skeeter's, you know, he's like, I can't, you know, whatever. Uh, so he had a clean miss. Mm. Um, but in all of the action of like me shooting and all of that stuff, now the bison did the like herd up. Yeah, they group up. Um, where they group up to kind of like protect themselves. Yeah, the old so, muskox move. Yeah, totally. So he, you know, was kind of waiting and we're all like, you know, watching and we're like, okay. Then it kind of like popped out, but then it was behind another one. And then they were kind of standing That's a dangerous in game to play, yeah. Yeah. So uh, long story short, another, n there was not another great opportunity for Skeeter. He didn't get one. Um, he didn't get one. Um, so it that is that day or ever that day okay. he did later get one very good um yep so very exciting but uh that day he did not get one so. what kind of worked out you probably had all hands on deck helping with yours exactly so, so tell me about the bull you shot 
yeah so i we didn't i don't know anything about like sizing or anything like that but I'll tell it was you, really big he, when i walked up to it like my jaw like i think i had to like push it back up yeah they're pre it's uh it's prehistoric it was huge it's and, overwhelming and prior to this bison hunt the largest animal that i had ever like been next to um on a hunt is a caribou or a mule deer your lion um, was pretty big. The lion was pretty big, but you the never, lion was like the size of me. You never messed around with an Alaskan moose, though. No. That's. Uh, it's on the list, but I haven't. A humbling experience. Yeah. So when when I walked up to this thing, kind of like I did the same thing with the lion hunt. I like on repeat. I was like, wow. And then I'd take a step. Wow. Just and then just look again. And it was like wow <laughs> like just like different tones of it was all i could say and i was trying to think of other things to say and it was like all that kept coming out um just the size and the beauty and like i stuck my fingers into like the hair, the hair and it was like it goes to your elbow yeah, yeah and like just you know every interaction was like wow yeah they're wow. beautiful uh so nice big mature bull. Nice big mature bull. Um, definitely much smaller than the first one that we went after. Seems like um, that one wasn't meant to be, you know. But so grateful. How uh, it worked out. How it worked out, and lots of meat, uh, delicious meat. Yeah, you got. So some people say maybe a, a bull doesn't doesn't eat so good as a cow. Yours is good. I've never had a cow, but the bull is unbelievable. This is coming from the girl that eats wolf, too. So yep. I'm not discrediting your palate. I'm just <laughs> trying to gauge. Yeah, I I would say, and we've we've shared, you know, some of the meat with friends. Uh, there was one uh, older gentleman who had done this hunt before that was particularly useful in, in sharing some of the information that he uh, oh had learned from going on this hunt. Uh, he was your Dave. Yes. Yep. Your and mentor. we we uh, uh, had dinner with him and his wife after the trip just to exchange stories and yeah. pictures and share with him. And, and when he ate it, he was like, this is some of the best oh, like meat that I've ever had. Uh, so really, really quality. Uh, and then we made we made a variety of different things just because you have so much meat. You, you probably still uh, do. This was just two months ago. Oh, we yeah, totally. Uh, but like just the sheer amount of meat that a bison produces, it's yeah. like you can't be like, oh, we're just gonna make a bunch of hamburger. Nope. Um, you got to get a little more creative. Yeah. So you have we, to buy another freezer. Uh, we did not, but we gave away yeah, a, a whole bunch of meat that we can easily get again. Um, so a bunch of like venison, some blacktail. Some oh, of that and stuff. opted to keep the buffalo. In order to make space for the buffalo, just power, because. Power move. Yeah. Uh, when I killed my buffalo, I, I split it down the middle with my brother. Uh, that's a good move, too. He took absolutely half of that buffalo, and yep. I took half, and it was still an overwhelming amount. I know. I, I think we gave away about a quarter of it. Yeah. Um, two people, like we gave some meat to the pilot. Um, we had some people on like our shuttle crew um to pick us up and drop yeah, us nobody, off with our nobody's turning turning down wild buffalo um, yeah so i bet we and then we had a whole like processing team because we like to process all of our own meat mm -hmm. uh so the people that you know we invited to be part of that you know we sent some meat home yeah. with them as well 
Uh, but I bet we kept three quarters of it in the freezer. But anyway, I was saying uh, one of the things we experimented with was we made our own jerky. Oh, cool. And uh, just a couple weekends ago, uh, we were out riding snow machines with a girl from out of state uh, who doesn't eat meat. Hmm. And I said, would you like to try some bison jerky? Uh, and she tried it and she loved it. Uh, and she was well, like, yeah, I might. I know. But I'm like, she's a non-meat eater. Yeah, I and bet that she, wrecked her guts. She really liked it. Oh, well, <laughs> it might have. Um, but she went back for a second bite. And so. Well, good for you. Fighting the good fight. Trying to advocate for hunters and yeah. get, get people to understand why we go out and do this crazy stuff. Yeah, just incredible. What would you do with the uh, hide and the skull? So uh, we tanned the hide. That ain't uh, cheap. It is it's, not cheap. It's a large hide. <laughs> I, I just, I, I've had a buffalo hide tan. I've had a muskox hide tanned. And it, let me just say, it costs more than tanning a bear. Yes, it sure does. There's a lot of square foot of leather there. Yes, there is. Uh, so we tanned the hide uh, and are doing like a European skull. Yeah, beautiful. And plan to put the European skull onto like an old pack frame. Oh, yeah. Uh, just have something a little bit different on the wall. Uh, and we caped out the bison in a way that down the road, if we want to, we could do a head mount. Hmm. Uh, but right now, uh, we're not doing that. We're going to kind of wait and see, Yeah, yeah. you know, if that's what we want to do. Because it's pretty sweet looking just the way it is. Yeah. I think uh, bison look really good European mounted. And I think... Uh, elk and moose do too yeah besides that i'm all about the taxidermy and honestly <laughs> if the day will come my i will have a trophy room where i want a shoulder mounted bull bison yeah um they, those do have a place yeah but moose it almost seems like moose always look better european mounted i just that nose down I you see all the paddle i think moose are some of the ugliest looking animals <laughs> i i love moose i get thrilled every time we see moose i've lived in alaska over five years and every time we see it i want brody to stop and pull over so i can look at it and watch it and i get so excited but when you like look at their nose and their face i'm like they're a pretty goofy looking animal yeah totally so i i understand and they're just monstrous so yeah maybe not something you want to stare at all the time yeah whereas maybe you do when it's down to the white skull and the big paddles it looks much more sophisticated yeah. but, but I, I should throw my disclaimer if i shot a giant moose and brody asked me if i wanted to shoulder mount it i'm positive i would say yes i believe <laughs> i believe i uh i want to take credit for some of your taxidermy you interest. should i know you before we met you already like you have a squirrel i sure do i have so at my new job yeah uh last week they had uh show and tell and i was like what do you bring to an adult workplace I'll tell show you what and you tell bring. you bring a damn taxidermied squirrel that's exactly what yes. i brought <laughs> <laughs> i was like what do i have in my house a that i can bring and b that isn't like i bet you were the and bell I of the ball with that brought thing. that squirrel and walking down the hallway with a mounted squirrel yeah people it was a head turner yeah. and people loved it so did you get your line home not yet so still waiting on that from the taxidermist yeah, like probably here done. in the next if it's done, I'm yet to hear. Um, but hopefully here in the next couple few months, we'll just be getting that win, back. Last winter, I killed a big cow with Keith Volta, and his is just about done. He killed an Alaska Range dull sheep with Brandon and I, too. 
and my taxidermist mounted both of them and i think they're getting like double crated and shipped to texas for him Ooh. but you you would have been after you got to be coming up coming real, up here real, real soon yep so but and that's to be expected uh you know typical taxidermy yeah you know year year and a half sometimes two years depending on their no nope. load i don't put up but. with that i got a one year oh if if something ain't happening in 12 months something's wrong <laughs> i got questions well yeah i don't put up i think that was fair pre-covid and yeah. I think we're coming out of COVID, but the, the process uh, timeline of I guess the tanneries, the tanneries did slow down a lot. and some of that stuff. And I think a lot of the places are still catching up yeah. from some of that. So There's probably an I'm not, in, influx I'm not, of hunting too, an influx of taxidermy. Yeah. Uh, with COVID. Yeah, I'm not getting antsy yet, but so you shuttled all that buffalo meat back to Farewell, had it flown out, and then you snowmobiled home. Snowmobiled home. Wow. Rode out. And we did end up having some hitch problems. Uh, so bringing the one sled was a good move. Wow. Um, so for anybody else, you know, lucky if, enough to if draw you're lucky the enough farewell to draw tag, tag. Hit up Becky and Broda. <laughs> Brody. <laughs> they will uh, they'll give you all the insight that they can. Yep. Well, it sounds like you made the most of it, and it was a uh, a defining adventure for you. It was incredible. some highs and lows. Yeah. I think in the whole trip, we ended up riding – Probably like 600 miles oh on our sleds. And that, uh, if you don't know what that means and you're listening to this, that is a ton. If riding 100 miles uh, in one day on a snowmobile is like 10 hours of snowmobiling. Depends how fast you're going. Well, if that's that's true. <laughs> Groomed trails you can buzz. But yeah. If you're like kind of traveling cross country and stuff, yeah. 50 to 80 mile days are big days yeah and on our way out uh we were we were itching to get out a little bit because we got i wouldn't say weathered in we had to wait an extra day for our pilot to have conditions that he was able to fly in to where we were to take the bison out yeah and we were wanting to get out to uh make it to work by monday mm. uh so we boogied on the way back and we had you know a couple days that were each you know, oh, pretty well over 100 miles each day. That's exhausting. Uh, so pretty, like, uh, good. But the more you ride, the the easier it comes. Yeah, for so sure. So it was like heading out. You know, we broke up the trip a little bit more. And I don't know that I would have been ready for that. But when you're on that snow machine every day, all day, and throwing some snowshoes in and that kind of thing, it felt pretty good. But pretty incredible to see some of that. Uh, areas of Alaska that you can really only get to either by, you know, a small plane or a snow machine in the winter. Yeah, it's a short window yeah. when you can access some of these spots by dog sled or uh, snow machine. But otherwise, all these places are j only accessed by bush planes. Yeah, yeah. So just incredible opportunity to be out there. We saw tons of moose. Mm. We saw some fox. We saw... Killed some wolves. Co yeah, killed some wolves. That's great. Uh, just... So, so amazing. We said we would totally go again. Uh, is there a wait in Alaska? If you draw it, can you draw it again? I got to wait 10 years till 10. I can put in, but I'm holding out for Brody. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll cross my fingers for him as well. And Pete, you're able to put in as a non-resident. Yeah, and you do I not require a guide. I, I don't know any guides. So uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I've been meaning to put in for that tag. Well... I drew, so I would call that a wild buffalo hunt. Yep. Which 99% of the buffalo killed 
in the world, North America today, are not wild buffalo. They're more of a privately owned livestock yep. on a large, privately owned on private property. Yep. I killed my buffalo uh, out of Grand Teton National Park on the National Elk Refuge. Cool. Qualifies as a, a wild bison. Yep. Yours qualifies as a wild bison. I yep. just think that's and I not the to, way to do it. Yeah, not to discredit if you, if yours at all. But wait, what? No, well. In Alaska, like it's like you were on like a reservation, so it's like the land is managed, it's protected. Like Alaska's was is like it's okay. truly they have to. Yours was a little more rugged. Really fend for themselves. They gotta fend for themselves. I'm telling you, I've been to there, and there's like yeah, I know. hey, I know just that they right can there. eat or you know. Yeah, there's a feeding program. Yeah. <laughs> So right. I agree. talking about my buffalo. I agree that you're buffalo, and it's not a competition. I got frostbite. You totally get frostbite? wild. No, because I had bunny boots. <laughs> and because I slept in Patrick's cabin. You want, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out, Patrick. <laughs> please don't. I maybe would have if I slept in Please the don't track down Becca. <laughs> Enjoy that white gas she gave yep, you. Yep, that's right. <laughs> All right, Becca. Well, that was a great story about your buffalo hunt. Congratulations. I love uh, continuing to see your evolution as a hunter and uh, where you've taken it as an Alaskan resident. And I cannot wait for the next time we meet up again. Sounds good. I hope to be back. All right. We'll talk soon. (laughs)